Alright kids, we're gonna talk about gun control. Pray for me. Welcome to Extra Sauce on the Side. I'm Samantha Denman, and we're here with DJ Composition, or Comp as I call him normally. He's being um, molested by our cat currently. (laughs) But we're here to talk a little bit about kind of a pressing issue here in the world these days, um, guns and safe gun use, and um, a little bit about how Comp is in the community actively working on those things. So, I thought it was really important with all the things that are going on in the world right now to show you that there are people out there who understand the problem and are working on correcting it in a way that starts from the people themselves. So, um, and something other than just sending people to therapy, because I don't think that's very practical. So, um, Com, tell us a little about your story and how you got involved with the gun industry and a little bit of your background. Um, well, I'm DJ Composition and, uh, I've always been around firearms ever since I was a younger kid. Um, my dad, family members, we would go shoot and stuff like that. And then I really got interested in it in high school when I was in ROTC and we were on the rifle team. So, like, I really started learning, like, the foundation and the fundamentals of, like, all those things and competing. Yeah. So it was just one of those things that really just kind of resonated with me. And I was like, this is really cool because, like, you, I mean, they have shooting in the Olympics. So yeah. I was like, hey, like, this is cool. So... Fast forward as a young adult, you know, uh, I wanted to, like, really get something for protection and stuff like that. And and as that thing grew, just the knowledge base, me, my brothers, some of my friends, we uh, we just really got into it. And, and people would see us and ask questions and things like that. So we'd always try to help people and not really put it out there like that because, I mean, for me, I, I would never tag myself as, like, the expert of all experts because yeah. you can always learn stuff, right? But uh, there was, like, just the, the really basic introductory stuff that people were missing, and I wanted to be able to kind of start helping people with that. So when COVID happened, all of my entertainment stuff kind of got put on pause. Yeah. And I was just sitting down, and I was like, okay, I'm grateful for a break, but, like, I need to do something. <laughs> um so, you and most of us. Right, right. So it, it gave me an opportunity to to pivot and go get certified because, like, the process to get certified as an instructor always interfered during my busy time of the year, like, and just the obligation of, like, the five, six weeks and stuff like that. Just I, it never matched up with my schedule. So I had the flexibility because nothing was open. Yeah. So I went and got certified and went and did a whole bunch of... uh trainings and certifications like that. And, I, and in 2020, I, I opened up my other business, Freedom Elevated Defense Solutions, and started really helping educate people and empower people because it was so many, like, myths and just misconceptions on, like, how firearms even work. And, I mean... Well, and if you're not a part of the gun culture or people who enjoy shooting guns, right. there are a lot of things that you don't understand. Absolutely. Like, like why would someone want a semi-automatic weapon? Mm-hmm. Well, it's a whole subculture, right? Like, yep. like you're, you are shooting it for fun, yes, but like it's it's a collector's item. And people yep, who... it can be. Most people who own semi-automatic weapons have a lot of knowledge about those things. Right. Hopefully, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, talk a little bit about gun culture and, like, being a part of that before you started your business. And- um. Well, I mean, I I actually, like I said, I enjoy shooting and just kind of, like, the challenge. And some people play golf. Some people do scrapbooking and stuff <laughs> like that. Like, you know, people have their thing, you yeah. know? 
<laughs> so, I mean, I know those are extremes, but you, that's the point. No matter what, there's a, an extreme of anything. Mm-hmm. I've, that's what I found out. So, um, just with just some of that, it was just a matter of just the exposure and experience and getting better. And, and I mean, and, and some of the funnier things, even if we start diving from like cultures and stuff, yeah. is like me, my brothers, and friends, we would go to some of these places and we'd get some funny looks. Well, you're you were probably the only black people. Yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, we're the black. They, and like they're fully in their mind prepared for us to come out and start doing this crap. And I'm like, no, that's not how we do this. And like we know what we're doing yeah. here. But on the flip, there was a lot of like bridge building yeah. between cultures and just people and met a nice a lot of nice people and stuff. So that was a good part of it. Um and like I said, as I transition to start helping people, I mean, the one thing I tell people off rip, TVs and movies will mislead you crazy. Yeah. That's not how this thing works. Yeah. I say, I will ruin all of your favorite movies and TV shows after this class. Yeah. Because none of those people have actually shot a gun ever. Yeah, this is not how it works. Yeah. None of these things work like this. It's movie magic. So, you know, that's always interesting to, to hear what people think yeah. prior and then at the end, it's like, oh, my God, like a whole light comes on. Like, yeah, this is way more. This is different than what I thought it would be. Yeah. What are some of the biggest misconceptions that people have or even the funniest ones that you think people have? Um, so most people think when you say semi-automatic, you know, they think it's like this bazooka thing. <laughs> when like That's not how the thing works. Like semi-automatic is one trigger press. One round is fired. Mm-hmm. A lot of firearms do that. You yeah. know, fully automatic is one trigger press and then multiple rounds come out. They think that every gun is just going to spew out a million rounds. And that's just not the case. Yeah. Um, and those guns are very expensive. And some states won't even allow you to have them. OK. I mean, so there are existing restrictions. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and what most people just because I can press a trigger fast doesn't make it fully automatic. It's just that I'm pressing a trigger fast. Yeah. You know, um, and and like the biggest thing, they was like all oh, these military style weapons, and I have to explain to them that like the best way I explain it to them is like well, if you see two Mustangs, right? Mm-hmm. One is a Shelby Cobra race car, yeah, right, souped up, all this other stuff, and then you have a four cylinder, yeah. They may look the same, but they are not the same, yeah. And the things that the military have. Vastly different than what civilians can have. Okay. They may look similar just from the plastic pieces and parts, but the operation of it and stuff like that and what they can do are, is different, you know? Yeah. Because most civilian rifles like that are semi automatic. Okay. Not fully automatic. Yeah. So most people don't know that. Yeah. And they hear the word automatic and they, th- they think, yeah, they pull think, the trigger once and it's a machine gun. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they've watched Predator nine million times and they think that they just, like, no, that's not, no, that's not how this thing works. You know? Yeah. And your body, there's a lot of things that happen in your body too when you shoot a gun. So Absolutely. shooting a gun like that doesn't feel like it looks in the movies either. Mm-hmm. Right? No, definitely. Yeah. Um, even in some states, you can't hunt with a, with an AR. Okay. Because the, the round that it is chambered in is not strong enough. Oh, you know, because because I mean, the whole basis of hunting is to not be inhumane. Yeah. You know, not to torture the animal. Right. And uh, there was a study where they took two rifles. Mm -hmm. One was like your AR style with the black 
black furniture, so to speak, and then like the traditional wood furniture, like you would see, you know, Davy Crockett hunting with. Yeah. Same caliber, did the same thing. And they was like, which one was more dangerous? And everybody picked the one with the black plastic furniture. Yeah. Because of how it looked. Exactly. And and the best way I break it down with some people is I call it the pit bulls of firearms. Yeah. Because every time you hear of a dog attack, everybody was like, oh, it had to be a pit bull. Yeah. That's not the case. Right. You know, so it's a lot of education around that, um, enlightening people to that and um, and what you can do and what you can't do. Um, but yeah, that's that's just one of the simple things. Even like the capacity part. Yeah. If I shoot a revolver and never reload, I'm only getting six shots. Yeah. Like when you watch a Steven Seagal movie or something crazy. Or play Call of Duty. Call or, of Duty yeah. or whatever, you know. They're not reloading in real time, like for real. Like it's movie magic. So a lot of people don't, they overestimate their abilities when it comes to what they can and what they can't do. And uh, Do you find just as many people are afraid of shooting guns as people like think they know more than they do or yeah. what's the biggest barrier you have with teaching people how to use them um, I would say that I would say that it would probably be half and half okay because I'm terrified of shooting guns people, and having them around yeah people are terrified yeah for sure yeah and they have a reservation about it and then there's people who think they just know everything and they don't know anything <laughs> You know, yeah. even even in my position, there's so much I don't know. Yeah. But I continuously go train and learn and, and educate myself. And like the biggest payoff for me is like empowering people f- at the end. Yeah. Where like they say, hey, like I learned so much and like this thing is very serious, but like I'm equipped with some 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 lifestyle changes and some things to do. And, uh, you know, I feel good about that. Yeah. So since you have started the business Mm -hmm. you started kind of out of a passion for already having experience with those things what made you realize that um there was a need in the community for someone to educate people about safe gun use right so it's it's twofold one i I kept seeing a lot of young black guys carrying illegally Mm -hmm. when they didn't need to yeah but they just didn't have access to the information to say, hey, I'm 21. I don't have any felonies on my record. I can go pay 300 bucks. Which is cheaper than a gun if you buy it on the streets. Yeah. yeah. Pay 300 bucks, get certified, get the license, and now I'm good to go. And now I'm not facing any jail time. I'm not having a felony. And then that's on my record for life, and I can never have a firearm. Yeah. So when I'm 45 and I have a family, I can protect them. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to eliminate that. And then the other part is, is that during COVID, everybody was like ready for the zombie apocalypse. (laughs) My inbox and like phone was going crazy. We're like, I don't know what to do. What should I do? I need to do this. Yeah. Because nobody's going to be here to help me do X, Y, Z. So I was given a lot of like... Well, and we have to remember too, during COVID, it wasn't just COVID and yep. being isolated. And Very true. it was Black Lives Matter coming out and yep. having protests and it people was, were scared. Yep, it was a lot of protests. It was a lot of civil unrests on multiple fronts. Yeah. So a lot of people was concerned, rightfully so. Yeah. Um. So I, I, I got flooded with a lot of that. And I was like, you know what? Let me just use my time wisely and... And get paid folks. for what you're doing. Yeah, 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 yeah for your yeah. knowledge that you've spent money to earn. Yep, yep. So it was, it was, it was a win-win situation for sure. 
Good. Awesome. So talk a little bit about the process and like what you teach people and how it benefits the whole gun culture in Grand Rapids in general. Right. So with my class, um, currently I have two structures. I have like a basic firearm pistol class where there's no live fire. We break down the pieces and parts, how things work, um, ammo, how to load magazines, how to identify magazines, how to identify different types of ammo. Um, we talk about shotguns. We talk about ARs. We talk about, I mean, most people don't even know you need a CPL to have a taser in Michigan. Oh, I didn't know that. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's a lot of those those gaps of information where like I help kind of bring those things together. So we do that. I have a simulator in my class that uh, uses replica one-on-one pistols mm-hmm. that recoil. So in the simulator, we get a chance without any live ammunition to work on how to properly hold it, how to properly stand, how to get your sight alignment together. And we do all of this in my classroom without having to fire a single live round. So now we can focus on those fundamentals before you even fire one live round. Yeah. Now we can shore things up, correct the grip, correct your posture. Now you're less you know, stressed or concerned because now you feel a little bit more confident. Yeah. And then we transition into that. And then that's the basic class element. And then for the CPL, that's that's another class where we break down. We do an overview of the basic stuff. But then we start talking about um, situational awareness um, and the color codes and how to kind of just be mindful about what's going on. Um, I bring in a lawyer and we talk about all the legal stuff. Mm. Um, we talk about the aftermath of an incident and what you will experience yeah. during... Bef- I mean, before, during, and after. Um, and we really wrap all of that stuff together. That's perfect because that keeps people from getting overly defensive in a situation too where mm-hmm. it's just protocol. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people, we don't, a lot of people think, like one of the wildest things that I've always had or reoccurred is, well, can I just shoot somebody running away and pull them back in the house? And I'm like, no, because... Blood will leave the body and they will see that you drag them back in the house. Because everyone gets everyone gets confused on like the castle doctrine. Okay. And they don't they don't realize that every state has a different regulation. Michigan, we can't defend property. Oh, so if someone breaks into your house, you can't shoot them? You can't shoot them. Unless they threaten your body, right? You have to be in imminent danger okay. of death, sexual assault, or great bodily harm. So if I come in and steal your air fryer, Samantha, give me the air fryer, right? And I'm walking out the door. You can't just shoot me in the back because I was taking your air fryer. But if I come in with the air fryer and you say, what are you doing? And then I come at you with a knife. That's different. Okay. You know, Um, and a lot of people don't know that because they see Florida cases or they see Texas cases. Texas, you can defend property, but that goes back to cattle and stuff like that. So like those things are like, Huge assets. Yeah, yeah, you know, and those little things make a difference. Right. And even like the verbiage on how to properly call 911, even how to issue commands, how to even mentally prepare yourself for what your body is a traumatic experience. Being attacked is a traumatic experience and nobody knows how they're going to respond unless you put yourself in those conditions. Right. Um, so we practice those things. You know, I bring in this attorney and, and she's great because she answers the questions that's like part of the curriculum, but also outside of the curriculum, especially like 
in the black and brown community, mm-hmm. there's there's been such a, a stereotype with us even legally owning firearms. That's yeah. I had a lot of that. Like people were questioning me, like, why do you need a firearm? Are you going to do something legal? And it's like no. Yeah, there. I've heard there's a lot, a lot of racism in gun ownership towards mm-hmm. black and brown people because. Yep. They assume that you don't need one unless there's something going on. Unless illegal. you're being and, a criminal. And that even pervades into the culture itself, right? Yep. Like even from other black and brown people, that's mm-hmm. kind of like the standard. Yep. And you're working really hard to change that perception. Absolutely. Even even with police encounters. Right. You know, we talk about that. And I play, I have a lot of raw film and, and videos mm-hmm. that I play in my class because ultimately I want you to survive these encounters with police. Mm-hmm. But you got to know what your responsibilities are and what you need to do, you know, so you can get home. You know, them police officers, they want to get home too. And I recognize that, but we got a lot of gaps when it comes to our encounters and interactions and the relationship with the police. And then if you add the firearm component, it goes up even more. And what I try to tell people is when I've been pulled over with my firearm and I tell them I have my CPL, the interaction has changed for the better. Okay. But it's because I know how to do those steps, you know? Um, So I've been working really hard on that component because I don't want people to go do something because they need to protect themselves, but go about it the wrong way and they have to pay for the rest of their life because of it. Yeah. So. Yeah. And especially in the black and brown community, that's a real issue because Mm -hmm. the perceived threat increases. Yep. As much as we wouldn't like it to be that way, it's the way it is. That's, That's what it is. I mean, even the origin of gun control is built off of racism. Yeah. After after slavery and the Civil War and stuff like that, more more black people started getting firearms, and that's when they started changing the laws. It was like, oh, you can't, no, we don't really need you to. That's actually yeah. amazing, because yeah. why wouldn't they get firearms when they're yeah. being lynched and attacked? And, yeah. And-, and, and, and that's one of the things that started happening was when the Klan members would roll up and snatch people out their house in the middle of the night, you had something to protect yourself. Yeah, it's it's a lot different ball game when you know something could come back at you. So they started changing these laws. And a, a great book that I love reading is a book called Negroes with Guns. Okay. And uh, it's by Robert F. Williams. And he was head of the NAACP in, I believe, South Carolina, like in the 50s, 60s. So we already know what climate that was. Yeah. Okay. Um, he basically empowered and armed his community because there were so many attacks and lynchings and everything else. And the Klan would have these rallies and then drive through their neighborhood, get out and randomly beat up people, rape women, like do all this other stuff. And the sheriff wouldn't do anything about it. Come in the neighborhood shooting. They exercised their constitutional right and shot back. And, you know, they had even went to the city was like, listen, y'all, can we stop them from coming down our neighborhood and doing this? Yeah. Well, it's a free country. They shouldn't be able to. Da, 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 da. Okay. Now, when they went through and it started coming back, they changed it quick. Yeah. Well, because they realized that you were within your rights to kill those people. Most of these people who want to enact violence on folks, they don't want that. They don't want the threat of violence to be returned. Right. You know, they'll pick easy, soft targets. Yeah. So. So do you think um, that like regulating things more consistently would be helpful? Like, do you think if it was at a federal level, which I don't think it ever will be based on the Constitution for guns, but do you think that um, that would actually help 
like lower confusion? Because it sounds like there are tons of different laws everywhere. So when you mean regulated, like regulation, like what? What do you mean exactly? Like you talked about how things are different in Michigan than they are in Florida. Yeah. So, yeah. so, so talk a little bit about those differences yeah. and why they make things confusing. Right. And if you think making them consistent would help anything. Right. So, so there's always a pro and con to everything. On a federal level, any firearm that you purchase from a store, you have to you have to do a background check. Okay. So when people say we need to have background checks, we already have background checks. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Every time you go into a store and buy a firearm, you're you're getting a background check. You're filling out a form forty four seventy three, and you're filling out all your information and getting a background check. Because I was born on a military base. My stuff takes longer than normal because they're running through stuff. Yeah, and they're confused because you because my my information is different. Mm-hmm. They run through all of that. So every time you go buy a, a, a firearm from a store or something like that, even with some of these gun shows, you're doing a forty four seventy three. Okay. Um, and a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. It's like, well, we need more background checks. Well, we already have background checks. That's um, one thing in the current climate that drives me nuts is people like to talk on things that they know nothing about. And it, it happened me with me with abortion because I recently technically had one after a miscarriage right. and people were trying to tell me that I was wrong when I had just gone through the experience. Right. And like, don't talk about shit you don't know about. For real. <laughs> For yeah. real. Yeah. For real. Yeah. You know? And um, like I said, there's a lot of misconceptions and myths and people are just spouting. They're just regurgitating talking points that you haven't even went to validate. You saw it in a headline of an article somewhere. Yeah, you know, and, and the media loves to sensationalize every single thing they can. You know? Yeah. And it's just like, that's not the case. Right. So, and background checks. The thing that I tell people, criminals don't follow laws. No. They'll, they'll never follow laws. Yeah. All it does is hinder the people... Who want to do it the right way. Well, and people talk about gun laws the same way they talk about abortion, where people who want them are going to get them anyways, illegal or not. Right. And the great thing about your organization is you're going straight to the problem, right? Yeah. You're going straight to people you knew who had guns illegally yep. and making it legit before they can get in trouble. Yep. Because just because someone has an illegal gun doesn't make them a bad person. Nope. It means they probably grew up in a culture where that was a normal thing to do. Yep. So. I mean, even even culturally it's a difference between living up north and living down south. Well, and white people have illegal guns too. Yeah. Lots of them. Yeah. And probably more dangerous ones. <laughs> I mean, and see, here's the thing that people don't... My, my The thing that I always explain to people is the firearm is just a tool. Yeah. It's the person. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. We always look... When it comes to firearms specifically, we always look to blame the firearm. Yeah. Not the person. Right. You know? And that's not, we don't do that with anything else. Yeah. We always blame the tool in firearms, but then we ignore the person. Evil is everywhere. Yeah. And they're going to find a way. Yeah. No matter what. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of people, like currently, you know, the current climate is like, we need, you know, bans on, on these type of guns and, you know, AR. Most people don't even understand that AR stand, doesn't stand for assault rifle. What does it stand for? It stands for Armalite rifle. Because that's the person who made it. Oh. So like Ford, Henry Ford created the Ford card. Yeah. Armalite was the guy who... Created that type of gun? Yes. So it's an Armalite rifle. So that's what an AR stands for. Oh. Okay. Yeah. 
I'm now I'm just going to be even more mad when I look at people talking about yeah. things. You know, <laughs> I can't and, imagine and, your life. <laughs> no, so and so yeah, so when I see that I'm like, okay, and then people be like, "Oh, it's military grade." Explain to me what military grade means. I couldn't tell you. Most people it's in most people don't realize that some of the stuff is just fancy marketing terms. Yeah, to get you to buy something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cuz cuz we have we have romanticized people in the service and in the police as being these like elite whatever whatever's and not to be disrespectful to them cuz I mean hey a lot of people sacrifice and do that stuff so you know much love to them but they work in conditions that weren't optimal no they didn't get the best equipment Mm-mm. people were spending money on their own to get better equipment so like when you say military grade a lot of people like people in the service be like yeah, because they've actually shot the I, weapons. Yeah, yeah. Or, or or even the gear. Like, yeah. when they be like, oh, here's this military-grade flashlight. Like, that light. doesn't mean it's great. That, that doesn't mean anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So so we get caught up in that those fancy marketing terms and stuff. And, you know, it's just unfortunate that people don't have the access to the information or want the access to it. Yeah. Or, or even, it's like, we have all of these small miniature computers at our, you know, disposal, and we never want to take two seconds to... See what's real. Exactly. You know, so I think that, you know, we have to start looking at the people and not the tool. Yeah. Because, I mean, realistically, folks make pipe bombs all the time, all over the world. Mm -hmm. And they blow up and do a lot of destruction and they don't have a gun. Exactly. You know, we can't. There's no law that will eradicate evil. Right. They'll find a way. Right. You know, and there's things that we can do to prevent it and make it harder for them. And as things are unfolding with some of these unfortunate events, we're starting to see the gaps. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's take a break and we'll come back and we'll talk about... Good. We'll talk a little more specifically about those events. I'm ready to talk about whatever. Okay, we're doing great so far. So uh, we got to leave a little room for an ad break. And I usually go get water at this point. So we'll see you in a minute. Probably more like three seconds. (laughs) <laughs> we took a break and now we're back we are back <laughs> um so you talked a little bit about the person mm-hmm. right and one of the biggest topics that people always do is they transition from gun control to mental health like yep. like they're the same thing mm-hmm. which they do have effects on each other they do um i personally could never have a gun in my household because i struggle with anxiety and depression and know mm-hmm. that i am impulsive enough that I shouldn't have a gun in my household. But even people like me should probably know how to shoot a gun, in my opinion. Yeah. So is that something you see? Is that a good idea? Should I just never touch a gun in my life? <laughs> I mean, knowledge is power. Right. And I think at least if you came and got the good foundation, yeah, that's a start. Um, and even with the mental health components, there have been like serious strides um, within the gun, firearm, the, the Second Amendment community of trying to address those things. It's an organization called Walk the Talk, I believe. A okay. uh, couple people I know that's part of the organization. Um, they really try to help people who have those issues or struggle with mental health, but they have firearms or they're interested in those things to say, hey, here's that balancing point. And then if you need some help, here's the resources for it. Because yeah. they understand, I mean, people are struggling, especially after COVID. Yeah. People have been struggling crazy, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know? um, but, 
But yeah, those there are organizations out there that's been helping folks. And I know that it's a real thing. And I also know that unfortunately though, some people have hijacked the mental health part for no good. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it doesn't it doesn't help anybody. It's like we can't just say, hey, we we can't just blanket mental health on everything when sometimes that's not the case. It's just some people are just flat out evil. Mm-hmm. Especially in regards of firearms. Yeah. Um, you know, and even with like when you start talking about some of the numbers, unfortunately, you know, things are skewed. When they say that there's thirty thousand deaths every year from a firearm, half of that is suicide. Yeah. You know? Well, and most of the cases that I've seen where where there is a gun death. Yep. And I've even been touched by it in my own life. I have a friend who killed herself with mm-hmm. her husband's gun. And yep. I I still struggle to say take away his guns because right. how would he have known? He wouldn't have. He had it in a safe locked with a key and she yep. stole the key and right. took the gun, mm-hmm. right? If someone is determined to... They will find a way. Yeah. They will find a way. Yeah. So yeah, it's a and it's it's one of those things where I think as a as a country, as a world, we can do better because it's like, okay, what are the other elements that's pushing people to this point? Yeah. You know, like we're never talking about that. You know, just the hustle and bustle of everyday life is already demanding. Yeah, mental health in itself is a crisis in our country. The fact that people use guns when they're mentally ill, they're correlated, but not mm-hmm. What's the other word? They're not like dependent on each other. Nope. nope. Right? You don't need to have a gun when you're mentally ill to cause harm. Right. And it's not the source of all harm from guns either. True. True. Right. Yeah. So are there like, we talk about how people are trying to make differences. It's That's people's biggest complaint with guns these mm-hmm. days, right? Is there um, actual like legal pushes within the gun community to do something about that? And what would that even look like? Because if I ever took a Zoloft, I'm not allowed to have a gun. Like what's the... Because even currently, some of the biggest hangups that we have right now with even people getting licensed is the cannabis industry. Oh, yeah. You know, so if at, at currently, if you've ever had a medical marijuana card, you're unable to get a concealed pistol permit. You still own a gun, but you can't conceal Interesting. Right, because cannabis is still a Schedule 1 drug federally. So now I have I have to pick between protecting myself or giving myself some medication from a plant. Or partaking in something that's completely legal in it's my com- state rec- it, recreationally. Yeah, so so the here here we at this current time, I I believe it's going to change yeah. because federally they have seen the revenue generation oh, yeah. that the states have been able to enjoy. You can't jail somebody and then make money off of it mm-hmm. in that industry. Mm-hmm. So I think that things are going to come down and they're going to change that. And then once that changes, that that changes everything. Yeah. Um. They still don't know how to regulate like what is considered too much or too little like they do with like alcohol yeah because you can't test the same way you can with alcohol exactly so so we're we're in that weird gray area phase right now where where things are still new yeah like the the government wants the money from it but they know that they can't dive in and get all the money without fixing these things on this side yeah and they're gonna get sued if they just start saying well you looked kind of high yeah (laughs) yeah and then it's like a lot of people are in jail right now and people are making 
millions and billions of dollars off. A of lot this. of black and brown people are in absolutely jail right now for doing things that white people have been doing at the exact same times. I mean, if you don't know that, you're living in a another you got, planet. You got to get out of that rock. And <laughs> just. Just look, look around. around. Look around. And maybe meet a couple people yep. who've been to jail for drug-related charges yeah. and realize they're completely normal humans. Yeah. yeah. And and see, one of my fears is, you know, because people will be like, well, you got to do these mental screenings and these background checks and we need to have these red flag laws. And like, that's a slippery slope. Yeah. When we start talking about the history of our country. Okay, in every country. In every country, there's always redlining mm-hmm. there's always these racial biases and stuff like that who's going to be the person to say that you're fit to have it or you're not fit yeah and imagine a woman ever owning a gun that would never happen if those were things because people don't understand how women's hormones work and right. postpartum depression and all that stuff all of these things that are a normal part of life yep michigan is a shall issue state right now okay which means that if you don't have these things, if you're not a felon, if you don't have all these things or whatever, they're going to give it to you. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, we was a, we were a May issue state, which meant that if I wanted my concealed pistol permit, which means that I can carry my firearm on my person, loaded, under my shirt, walk around, go to the store, drive in my car, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I had to go in front of a committee and explain why I needed it. Mm-hmm. And then they would make a decision based on what they observed and thought. You can only imagine who wasn't getting those concealed pistol permits. Yeah. California is still, quote unquote, a May issue uh, state. And they just had a, a, a big thing get exposed that people were taking bribes to get <laughs> their license. So now there's another level of corruption that's oh, involved. Yeah. So when we start talking about we got to have these mental screenings before we approve you, Who's the person that's going to oversee this? Yeah. Also, what bullshit? Because as a mentally ill person, first of all, there's enough barriers for me just like getting out of bed. Right. right? Like, I also know how to put on a face. Yeah. If you've been mentally ill for a long time. People know how to. You can pass all those tests. Yep. Yep. And it's, I mean, how do you regulate that? Right. There was a period. Okay. Most people don't know. Martin Luther King got denied his CPO permit. Mm. After they bombed his house. Wow. Okay. Because at the time, the powers that be. They wanted to kill him too. Yes. We don't want you to have a gun. Yeah. We're not that far removed from that period of time. Mm -mm. So when people start spouting out this stuff, I'm like, y'all don't know how this really works. And in the past three years, the largest increase of new firearm owners are black and brown people and women. Yeah, we're we're we are the new gun owners coming into the culture and doing things and learning about it. Everybody's not happy about that. Yeah. You know, on both sides of the aisle, unfortunately. So you have to be really careful when we start talking about this and that and the third. And we need to have this check and need to have that. Even with some of the bills that they're introducing, they want to have mandatory insurance. Okay, we already know the joke of healthcare in our in health insurance in our country. Yeah. Now you want to add that to owning owning a firearm. Not just like concealed carry, like having one in my house. So you have to you would have to pay a premium on your health insurance? No, you it? would have to have separate insurance oh. for your firearm. That's what they're trying to propose now. So now that's another bar- barrier to entry. 
Because if I'm living in poverty or yeah. barely making it, I don't have money t- for insurance. And then I live in an area that I probably need to have something. Mm-hmm. Because there's other people who are living in poverty. And when you don't have anything, you're willing to do anything. Yeah. You know? So, like, those are, like, those different layers that people on the surface, when they're just saying, like, oh, we need this, we need this. They're not recognizing that, like, how how far this slippery slope can be. Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit too about how inherently racist gun control is. So yep. I would love to hear that stuff that you're telling me about history is fascinating mm-hmm. to me. Are there any other things that stick out to you that you wish everyone knew about how all of this came to be? Right. So if you look at the states with the strictest gun laws, mm-hmm. those are cities and states with the highest concentration of people who live in urban areas Poverty, black and brown people, and, and impoverished folks. Okay. Most of those places are Democratic controlled. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now, mind you, I'm not a Democrat or a Republican. Yeah, me neither. But, I'm very moderate. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Um, well, because all of the parties are inherently racist. Yeah, so, yeah. 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 Left wing, right wing, same bird. That's going to yeah. shit on you. So, mm-hmm. excuse my French. I'm <laughs> no, sorry. No, you can cuss as much as you want. <laughs> so, uh oh, open the floodgates. You don't have to code switch around here. So, <laughs> so with that being said, a lot of these cities and stuff they already have the strictest gun control policies illinois you have to have a you have to have an id card to buy ammo in illinois okay okay most people don't know that like we can't just here we can go to a store and just buy ammo no in addition to having a cpl you have to have an an additional id to just buy ammo oh wow any ammo okay and everybody oh well what about chicago yeah your laws are not working clearly yeah new york city strict you can't have anything you know um then when people start talking about like other countries and stuff everything else went through the roof when they banned guns yeah talk about that because people, like in the uk you know how many charts i've seen of <laughs> and and here's the thing everybody can skew information mm-hmm. to lean towards what they're pushing I saw a fry fry ranking chart yesterday that was so wrong. They had checkers and rallies. Fries is the second worst. So they don't like flavor. So why would I ever trust you? You see what I'm saying? (laughs) So in the UK, they banned firearms and all the stabbings went up. Even currently in our country, because everybody's have this push on like banning ARs and all this other stuff. More people are stabbed and shot with pistols than anything. Okay. You know? So when we start talking about that and they talk about Australia got rid of their guns, but yeah, all of the assaults and muggings and stabbings and rape, rape, all that stuff went up because mm-hmm. now the criminals are like, I know you don't have anything. Yeah. And hand to hand combat. If I got something, I'm going to win. So, yeah. and most people are not making those investments either. Yeah. You know, average response time for police to come somewhere is 10 minutes. Yeah. Average. That's that's that that's the best you're gonna get. Like the average nationwide is ten minutes. You can bleed out in under three. I was gonna say, how long does it take to bleed out? Yeah, that's you know? crazy. So most people don't realize that like you have to be your own first responder. Yeah, like at, at all times. And as much as I push empowering people and educating people in the firearms, I cover all the bases. Go take a gun class. I mean, go take a medical class. Yeah, go take a stop the bleed class. Yeah, if you gonna put holes in something, you better know how to patch them up. Yeah. And statistically, you are more likely to use your medical training in a situation than fire your gun. Yeah. You know, but most people don't look at it through those lenses. Um, so, yeah, 
I'm, okay. I hope I, I hope that answers some of your yeah. questions. I know we go. I'm just I enjoy talking about this. Stuff. No, I love it. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been kind of avoiding, which is privilege in and of itself, getting really deep into it because yep. I think it's really hard with the media to. Mm-hmm. Um, to go into things, but with the like shootings in Buffalo and Texas, yep. Obviously, there's race undertones there because both were black or brown populations, yep. which sadly is not surprising, right? Um, give us a little bit of your perspective on how people react to situations like that. So, we'll start with Buffalo. Yeah. Um, this person made a plan. He scouted this store out. He knew exactly what he was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a plan. He knew where exactly where he was going and how he was going to do it. Uh, and unfortunately, those people never had a chance. Yeah. Um, somebody had a firearm and shot him, but he had body armor on. Mm. And the wrinkle to that is that retired officer engaging him made him have to reposition and that allowed time for other people to get away. So it was beneficial that someone had a firearm. Absolutely. It would be even more beneficial if other people in the store was carrying at the same time as well. Yeah. Because that's their right. Right. You know what I mean? It's a different ball game when the, when, when the rabbit has the gun, so to speak. Yeah. When the bullets can come back. Now, now we're talking differently. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he could have went two, two. He could have went two blocks down, right into the heart of the inner city, where it's probably some other black folks with guns. As soon as you pulled up, they're gonna be like, "What you doing here?" Yeah. But he didn't go there. Yeah. These places pick soft. These these cowards, I like to call them. They pick soft targets targets on purpose. Yeah. Um, There's a reason it's kids and old people. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. a reason. Mm-hmm. It's a reason. Um, when the one guy shot up the Batman movie years ago, yeah, he specifically targeted that theater because that was one of the handful in Colorado that didn't allow people to conceal carry in there. These people know what they're doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, you have to be aware of your surroundings. Some people didn't have a chance. Yeah. You know? And the people that he targeted in the daytime he targeted was like all older black people. They didn't have the mobility. I mean, some people yeah. just ducked for cover. And they couldn't he, even run. They yeah. couldn't even run. And he just shot him while he was on the ground. He live streamed it and then had an eight page manifesto about why he wanted to kill black people, brown people, Jewish people, all this other stuff, you know. So that's and that's a reality because mm-hmm. that's been happening for a long time. It's been happening since gun control started. Since gun control started. It's just the means are are, are different. Mm-hmm. Um, with the Texas situation, um, it's it is unfortunate that them babies had to die. Yeah, but a background check wasn't gonna stop that. Yeah, because he passed a background check. You can't you can't dictate what someone's gonna do before they do it. And did I hear too that he didn't have any history of mental health issues? No, he was 18. Yeah. You know, and there's so many layers to this story where I'm like, I'm scratching my head because he was 18. He had just turned 18 like two weeks prior. Okay. They said that he was bullied because his family was poor and he didn't have any clothes and blah, blah, blah. We were all bullied. Okay. Yeah. Get over it. I don't know if you ever went to middle school, but even the most popular person gets bullied. 
you got to get over it. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm not to diminish anybody's pain, but I mean, I fully roast my kids <laughs> to prepare them. Like, there's no mercy. Yeah. I'm going to let you have it because you got to be ready to be. Well, and the same things people made fun of me for in middle school are the reason people like me now. So you got to be able to turn turn the lemons into lemonade. Like, you got to be able to adapt, you know? Yeah. So with that, I think that's a cop-out. The firearms he purchased, if he was so poor, I'm, I'm just saying, yeah. like, some of the, he bought two rifles that were almost $2,000 and then bought optics that was like six $700. So where do you get almost five $6,000 if you were so poor to buy these firearms? Yeah, because your parents wouldn't even have credit cards with that much available. Yeah, you were living with your grandma. And then the thing is, is that if you shoot your grandmother in the face, something's wrong with that person. Yeah. You know, and he could have stabbed his grandmother in the face. Mm-hmm. It's not going to make a difference. It's the person. So then it's even more alarming, like, as things are coming out of what the police department yeah. didn't do. Like, how is it that he shoots his grandmother in the face, gets in the truck, crashes the truck, hangs outside the school for 12 minutes with his gun? You do nothing. Let him go inside the school and wait an hour. Yeah, it's like they were in on it. Baby's on the phone in the classroom calling 911 begging for help. We're still alive. We still need the teacher was still alive. You didn't go in and you did nothing. Okay? He went into the school with a door wide open and unlocked. That should never happen. Mm -mm. Okay? Should never happen. And let's, and let's be honest, it shouldn't be past anybody that this was at a public school with little brown kids in a poor neighborhood. Mm-hmm. That shit wouldn't flow. That's not going to fly at Christian. No. You think that's going to fly at Rockford? Not at all. Mm-mm. Okay? So let, let's not get past that. Then the lack of action from the police. They were tasing and arresting parents who wanted to go in and get their kids. One lady was handcuffed. They let her go. She went around the school, hopped the fence, went inside, got her kids and got out. Good for her. Yeah. You know how that coward was stopped? Two Border Patrol cops, off duty. One was at the barbershop. His wife and daughter was in the school. She sent a text. It's an active shooter here. We need you. I love you if I don't, whatever. Takes the shotgun from his barber. Hauls ass to the school. Another Border Patrol cop, off duty, hauls ass to the school, gets his kid out. They go in, take care of business, get the other kids out. Before they even took care of him, they were getting other kids out. And these other police officers were standing, doing nothing. Well, in Texas. Caleb says in Texas, but like the fact that it is Texas and they're like, the most militarized state, yeah. right? Yeah. Cowards wear, cowards can change their colors and camouflage themselves all the time. Yeah. All the time. You know, there's other instances in Texas where a guy went to go shoot up a school with an AR. Mm-hmm. Somebody across the street had an AR. <laughs> Lit his ass on fire. Yeah. And saved people. Yeah. And that's the thing. We'll have all of these news cycles about all these tragedies. And then when somebody who doesn't fit the narrative stops the shooter, you don't hear anything about it. Yeah. 
Be consistent. I'm okay. I'm okay with whatever position you want to have, as long as you're consistent. Because these people, excuse me, are heroes. Yeah. You know? Well, and even there's a difference in media coverage in black and brown communities. Absolutely. I've experienced in my very short time of being friends with people like you and Mm -hmm. people like Jonathan and everyone who's connected to all of that. Like, I feel the most safe around those people because they're not going to let anyone hurt you. Right. Because they've had to do that by themselves for so long. You had to be on guard at all times. But no one talks about the fact that that's beautiful and that mm-hmm. that community is something that white community is lacking big time. Mm-hmm. We all want to crucify each other. And w- my experience with black community is like, if I have your back, I have your back. Yeah. Because no one else is going to have our back. Nope. And I think if more people saw the police that way mm-hmm. and it would cause the police to step up in yep. these situations. Absolutely. Yeah. You know? Well, and you're kind of a good person to talk about that too. There's been, we all know in Grand Rapids, there's been some really hard things happening. Definitely. With the Patrick Loyola yep. stuff. And mm-hmm. um, then right after that, there was another incident where there was violence. Right. Um, in your perception, is that something that having more gun education can help with? Is that... Or is what's the solution in your mind? Okay, so that's it's layers to that's that. a big old topic. Yeah, it's layers. Yeah. It's a lot of layers. Okay, I think that I think that we definitely should have more firearm education, even at an early age, even for the police. Yeah, uh, and a lot of these police, like I said, we have romanticized what a police officer actually does. Yeah, after they get hey, we made it through police academy or whatever, they're not really required to do any real training after the fact. Well, and they don't want them to because it costs them money. You know, but here's the thing. GRPD had a budget of what, almost $30 million? Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear shit about gaps in training mm-hmm. when you get that kind of budget, when you get half of those cities of money. Mm-hmm. I don't hear nothing about no gaps in no training, okay? So... When it comes to police officers, the one thing I do recognize is that that's not an easy job no. at all. Okay? In most in most situations, police officers are meeting people at the worst point of their life. So day in, day out, you are seeing trauma over and over and over. It will affect you. Mm-hmm. I perf I understand that completely. Mm-hmm. Okay? But if I had it my way, if I just could wave a wand or write some whatever, what I would do as far as the police in Grand Rapids or nationwide, I feel like if you are good enough to get a check from the city, you should be good enough to live in the city limits. Mm-hmm. You cannot protect and serve a community you have no connection or relationship to. I can't go to Mexico and be a cop if mm-hmm. I don't know Spanish, if I don't know the language <laughs> of the land. Okay? Yep. And unfortunately, sometimes we have a lot of police officers who haven't had a lot of cultural experience outside of their small town or whatever. Or in Grand Rapids, because it's so segregated, which we've talked about on other episodes mm-hmm. of the podcast. I never had experience with Southeast Grand Rapids, and I lived in Comstock Park my whole life, which yeah. is a mile outside of the city. Everyone who is white, and I can say this because I am white, yeah. <laughs> and I know how people talk about the city, yeah. right? Everyone, as soon as they decide they're going to have kids, moves out of the city. Right. Which we did. We just moved to the suburbs. So yeah. I can't really say anything about it. But the... The exposure to the other cultures in Grand Rapids right. is very limited. Yep. So if you grew up in Hudsonville and you become a city cop, 
you may have never been around black people talking like black people. Right. In abundance. And that may be scary to you. Right. And and all the only thing that you're going to fall back on is the things that you see on, on TV. TV. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm loud and I'm talking with my hands, that's not me being aggressive. That's just me. That's how I'm communicating. Half the time you're telling a joke. Yeah. <laughs> but you shouldn't be threatened by that. No. Right? So I feel like if you're going if you can take a check for the first seven years of your career, you should live within the city limits. Yeah. You should live in the community um, and be part of the community. And when I say that, I mean, whether you are doing patrol at the high school games or walking the hallways or just being part of whatever. Yeah. Okay. You need to be part of it because at those points and it goes both ways. Yeah. We will dehumanize each other. Yeah. The police don't see you as a human because we're so used to seeing all this trauma and then vice versa, especially in my community. Yeah. We, we see police officers as bad. Yeah. You've never had a good experience with a cop. Right. You know what I'm saying? Most people have, I've had a few, but yeah. whatever. But what I'm saying is, is that, if you're not part of the community, if you're not there building those relationships, you get a chance to see this person as a human and they yeah. get a chance to see you as a human. And I think that's critical. OK. The other part. With your weekly schedule, there should be time dedicated that you get paid to be in the gym. Mm-hmm. There should be time dedicated for you to go learn how to grapple mm-hmm. and handle yourself on the ground, how to strike using your fist. How to de-escalate and talk to people. And then the firearms portion. Because if I'm confident in all of these, if I'm if I'm confident in all those areas, I'm not automatically going to that. Right. You know what I'm saying? I know how to deal with different things. Because as a police officer, it's not a matter of if you're going to get in a fight. It's a matter of when. Yeah. Because you're going to... Everyone's heated when you show up. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And then people, you know, drugs, alcohol, other uh, substances and stuff like that. So I don't, I don't envy their job Mm -mm. and i know that it's not an easy job but those are some of the things if i had like a wand that i would start yeah you know and let's incentivize them because i feel like police officers firefighters uh teachers and stuff like that let's give them the best incentives to live in the city yeah give them more pay give them no taxes not pay any city taxes no tax no city taxes yeah you know give them the low interest rates on housing and cars and all this other stuff here you go yeah, we're gonna make it easy for you to be here because you are doing a service for us. Yeah, you know, that's one part of it. Being part of the community, actually building a relationship. The yeah. whole thing is protect and serve. Mm-hmm. You have to protect. You have to serve. It's a service. If I don't care, if I don't give a damn, I'm not gonna protect it to my ability, the best of my ability, and I'm not gonna service you. Well, and if you approach a group of people as a problem, you're never gonna. You're never going to build that relationship never. that actually causes change. Right. Never. So I think that that's important. And then for for the citizens, I think that you have to educate yourself on how to do things properly. Yeah. You know, if you're going to buy a firearm, do it right. Have a plan. You know, even with my kids, like, I run fire drills at home. Yeah. You know, houses burn down all the time. They tell us, they told us to in elementary school. Yeah. And we did all of these things in elementary school, high school, even in workplaces. But we just say, when we get home, like, throw that <laughs> shit out the window. Like, is you know? Yeah. Same rules apply. And I think that if we took the time to really work on those things, I think that we could be better off. Yeah. Um, You know, there's not a law that you can make. There's not a ban that you can make that's going to prevent somebody to hurt others if that's what they want to do. 
Exactly. You know, I mean, hell, if we go back and think about the Boston Marathon, they you they made they made a bomb out of a pressure cooker. Yeah. Screws, nails, and a pressure cooker. And they hurt they killed a lot of people. Yeah. So evil will find a way, but it's on us to make sure that we put ourselves in the best positions by being aware of our surroundings. You know, I have a hard time listening to to politicians that we pay <laughs> have armed security that we pay. Mm-hmm. And they live in gated communities with other armed security telling us that we don't need these things. Yeah, You're surrounded by this stuff. Celebrities. There are sports and entertainment venues with better security protocols than our schools. Yeah, most of them. All of them. Yeah. Okay. Why aren't we applying that to these public schools? Right. You know, no one's thinking about this. And it's like, oh, well, our kids shouldn't be exposed to this. Our kids are exposed to a lot of stuff. They're making them do active shooter drills. So what if they have to walk through a metal detector? When I went to school in Detroit, yeah, I walked through a metal detector. Yeah. Okay. No one, no one's going to be traumatized for the rest of their life because they walk through a metal detector. You go, you go to the airport, you walk through a metal detector. Mm-hmm. You go to the Van Andel, no? You walk through a metal detector. Well, and they didn't have it until 20 Monroe had it. And they were yeah. like, oh, we should probably step up our game. Yeah. So I'm saying those are things that we can do. Yeah. You know, we can harden the doors. We can, we can, we can foot the bill for better doors, better glass, escape routes. Every class should have two doors. Yeah. You should be able to lock that door and go out the other door if that's the case. Mm-hmm. No one should even get to that point. And I'm not saying that teachers should be armed. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, is let's give them other tools and then let's have armed resources there available yeah. to stop any threat before it even get in the building. Teachers have enough to do. They yeah, just need they support. Do. Yeah. Give them the support. We can we can do this. You know, no one's shooting up a courthouse. <laughs> Because it'd be stupid. They'd be stupid because they know what's waiting for them. Yeah. These people pick these targets on purpose. Right. And like no one seems to realize that, you know, trust me, most parents are going in that school. Yeah. Hella high water. Whether they have a, something to protect themselves or not. Does, I'm going They'd in the school. they throw their body in front of it. Yes. Yeah. You know, and police legally don't have an obligation to, to, to protect us. Yeah. It's case law, like, which is crazy. I mean, when you think about some of the police violence against black and brown people. They have all that legal protection, yeah. right? There's a reason those people don't get prosecuted. Yeah. It's and that's not the other because part. I'm sorry, we got to get rid of uh, qualified immunity. Yes. Get rid of qualified immunity mm-hmm. and any civil lawsuit comes out of the pension. Yeah. Because guess what? If all three of us are working, right? And I'm fucking up, mm-hmm. y'all too, and I'm fucking up to the point where it's affecting y'all retirement money, y'all going to be like, his ass got to go. Yeah. Gets rid of that, like, the bad, thin blue the, line. The bad apple. Yeah. Because I believe that there are cops that want to do good and there service are. the community. I think I have, all of them start out that way. Yeah. Honestly, you wouldn't take that job if that's what... That, so that was no. my other part for how I fix policing, community policing. Good. You know? But yeah. yeah, get rid of qualified immunity because if a surgeon fuck up, he's held accountable. Yeah. If I fuck up, I'm held accountable. Even as a responsible firearm owner, I am still held accountable. Well, you know the laws, right? Yeah. If your body isn't threatened and you shoot someone. You know, here's a situation that just happened, uh, the shooting at East Kenwood. Okay. Okay. My kids were there at the school Jeez. for a choir concert. I had a private, I had a private rain session. Okay. I went home, changed my shirt, let my dog out, dropped my gun bag off. I pull up to the immediate aftermath. Okay. 
people crying, screaming, yellow tape. I walked and past the cases, and my kids are in the school. They were like, they were locking the school down. I'm like, I'm going here to get my kids. I don't give a damn what you say. I told the sheriff, I don't care. Yeah, arrest you me. Know, yeah, just let I'm, me get my kids first. I'm going to get my kids and my wife. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But the thing is, is that that's a gun free zone. Yeah, no one pays. No one cares about a sign. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, they don't. Yeah, you know. Even Myers now have the policy where you can't. They don't want you in there with with your firearms. Three months ago, somebody, two people, randomly got stabbed. Yeah, in the store. Nobody's yeah. coming to save you. You are your own first responder. Yeah. But people don't think about it in those terms. People oh think my- about, well, more guns isn't the solution. And no. you're not saying more guns. No. People are going to hear this and say, oh, he just wants more guns. No. No, you want responsible gun owners. Yeah, because here's the thing. The issues that everyone, the problems that everyone have an issue with is not on the back of responsible gun owners. No. And we want, we want people to be safe. We want people to do things legally. We want to empower folks. Yeah. You know, there's at least statistically, I don't know them quite off the top of my head, but there's like almost 3 million defensive gun uses. Like a year? A year. Wow. 500,000 to 3 million. Right in that range. Yeah. You know, and that's just what's reported. Right. Because sometimes people are not reporting this stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. We we have to understand that it's the person. It's not the tool. Right. And we are our own first responders. Right. You know, after that, who's who's relying on the police after that? Right. Not many. I'd, I'd honestly rather trust a six-year-old guy who's been shooting guns his whole life to be concealed carry than a police officer. I'd If I were in a situation like that. Yeah. Someone who's like my friend's dad or like I. Or someone with the training. Yeah. Let's get these folks the tools. Right. Everyone should have the tools. Right. Well, let's talk about the tools, right? We'll yeah. transition into the sales cool. pitch here. Cool. Um, so talk <laughs> about how your organization, because a lot of the building of Freedom Elevated came from your desire to have mm-hmm. more responsible gun use, right? Yep. Like, I honestly think that every police officer in Grand Rapids could benefit from partnering with you. And yep. maybe, Mayor Blitz. That's... That- <laughs> That's been in the pipeline. Yeah. But because of the current climate, yeah. you know, we're kind of like mm-hmm. putting things on pause. But I, but I do want to help foster a better relationship between the police department and then firearm owners. Yeah. Of all types. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? So, um, well, because in, in terrible situations, you can be great allies for them. Definitely. Yep. Definitely. So, what does your class look like? How do people sign up? Do you have like mm-hmm. regular settings or do they need to? Like, I have a friend who took a concealed carry class and she was like, let's make it a girls' night and we can all like yep. do that. Like, so we, we are putting together a, a women's only class. Mm-hmm. Um, I have the basic class, like we talked about earlier. I have the CPL class and then I also have the simulator time okay. where people can come in and just get on a simulator you know and do some things there's some there's some fun elements to it but there's also the serious side where you know you get in a fender bender and the guy gets pissed and pulls out a gun how do you respond to that yeah because even in the class the lawyer critiques the classmates and the lawyer will critique your performance in that situation see that's incredible because that's that's what prevents gun violence right because 90 percent of of encounters can be resolved without Mm -hmm. shooting a gun. Absolutely. Even if you are 
in gun to gun face off, right? Mm -hmm. You can de-escalate a situation. Yep. So something like your program will teach you how to absolutely do that, mm -hmm. right? And then like the stretch goal for me is to bring in other experienced instructors to run specialty programs Okay. where now we're talking about the rifles. Now we're talking about close quarter things or home defense strategies on a whole nother level. You so, could do a whole retreat. Yeah. So like those are the things. And like one of my biggest obstacles is that I would love to have an outdoor range in the city limits. Okay. Because for one, indoor ranges give folks a false sense of reality. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's well lit, perfect temperature conditions that's not reality and straight shot it's straight shot and then i put my firearm on the bench i'm not moving i'm not doing any of those things in reality you your ass better be moving you're just as likely to accidentally shoot yourself as you are to shoot someone yeah. else <laughs> if someone's shooting you better be able to move yeah and shoot yeah and do other things yeah you can't really accomplish those things in an indoor range and, and i'm not saying that an indoor range is obsolete it has its great points and positions but if i had my way i'd have a, a outdoor facility that had multiple things associated with it like i said i'm planning to put together a stop the bleed class soon um i'm actually been working with the neighborhood association and we're going to be doing some like free safety trainings okay. uh for the community where just you get the small introduction yeah of of how these things work and some strategies and safes and storage and all those different kinds yeah. of things because people miss out on that yeah. Um, well, and how much do you have to spend on a gun safe like that? They can get really expensive. And yeah. do you need all of those things? Yeah. Like it's important to have someone to guide you on those things. So the thing that I tell people is everyone's firearm experience and need is going to be different. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I tell them, I say you have to date your gun. Okay. Yeah. When you first start dating someone, you're figuring out what works, what doesn't. Yeah. Do you like Chinese? Does Italian give you heartburn? Does uh, you know, does it give you gas? Or do yeah. we Can we go to the movie theater? Caleb can't eat Indian food. It's a real See what tragedy. I'm yeah. <laughs> but you're you're finding out what works, what doesn't work. Yeah. That same application can be applied to firearms. Does this firearm work for my lifestyle? What kind of clothes am I wearing? What kind of settings am I going to be in? Do I live at home alone? Do I have kids? Do I have a lot of traffic in and out from different types of people? You know what I mean? Then you start factoring the, the things with gun safes, okay? Yeah. Because what I don't want to have happen is you buy a firearm, you never go practice, you go buy ammo, and this gun, and you tuck it away in your closet in the safe, and then somebody comes in to kill you, and then you're fumbling. Yeah. And now you're toast. Mm-hmm. Because you didn't have a plan. Right. You know, so there is that that balancing act of the security and the safe of it, and then the access when you need it. Right. You know, they have bedside uh, safes. They have uh, biometric safes. You know, they got key locks and combinations and different things like that. You have to practice. You fall to your highest level of training. If you don't ever practice, if you don't ever train, you cooked. Yeah. You so know, you might as well not have one in the you house. You might as well not have one in the house. But go do it. Go train. Yeah. You know, they have so many dry fire solutions and stuff now that doesn't require you to fire a live round. Right. You can practice pulling from your holster at home. Right. You don't have to shoot anything. Michigan, you, we never know what the hell the weather going to be. <laughs> You can have all four seasons in one day. Yeah. So you may need a jacket, a hoodie, some shorts, whatever. You have to know how to adapt carrying yeah. in those different temperatures and environments and seasons. 
practice all of that. Let's pause for a second and talk about carrying because yep. I think people are really scared of people who concealed carry. Mm-hmm. And I would like you to explain kind of like what that looks like, right? Okay. Like what are the rules? What are some places that people can't bring concealed mm-hmm. weapons? And and obviously the benefit is you have someone there who hopefully is well-trained in protecting you. That's right. the whole point of getting licensed, right? right? Yeah. So in a nutshell, the places where you can't concealed carry is hospitals, federal buildings like the post office, IRS, courthouses, um, any place that the primary use, their primary revenue generation is alcohol. Mm. Um, let me see what else. Or cannabis, I imagine. Cannabis probably, okay. you know, but it, that's one of those gray area topics. Um, let me see. You can't go inside of a school. Yeah. But if I want to pick my kids up in the school line, which I hate, but whatever. <laughs> Everyone hates. Oh, my God. I, my daughter goes to the worst. I just like, <laughs> ah. But I can pick her up and not get out the car and still carry. Okay. Um, Universities, stuff like that. Any entertainment venue that houses over 2,500 people. So really the rule is anywhere that someone would get shot in a public shooting, you can't have a gun. Almost. Yeah, You know, because, I mean, you can go some stores. I mean, you can carry in Walmart. You used to be able to carry in Myers, you know, all that stuff. Those things happen there, too. And it, necess- and it isn't necessarily getting shot at. But, I mean, hell, we've seen somebody get stabbed. Yeah. You know, so those imminent dangers, uh, death, great bodily harm or sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Those three things. Churches, For yourself, too, are also. Churches, churches as well, yeah. unless you get written permission from the board. Right. Um, we have armed security at yeah. our churches, but because we live our church is in a area where intoxicated homeless people come in sometimes yeah, so they yeah. might need to protect themselves absolutely yeah. i mean and just even the temperature of the world they follow the kids from one spot to another too to make sure they're okay yeah yep. yeah kind of so so you know churches without uh written permission let me see what else um yeah i think that's about it okay and when someone is carrying, what are the rules when they carry? I mean, you don't have to get too into it. Take yeah. the class, first yeah, of all. Take the but. class. I mean, it's, it's, it's about just being able to properly secure your firearm and have the access to it unless, in case you need it. Okay. You know, um, Michigan is an open carry state, but here's the thing. Don't do it. <laughs> That's okay. the best way I can. Don't do it. Yeah. You can get in so much trouble so fast with it because open people are like, well, it's open carry. It's my right. Yeah, but if I'm walking down the street as soon as I get in my car... If I still have it on me, I'm concealed. Now I'm a felon. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Even even if my shirt covers it just a little bit, I'm concealing. Okay. So open carry state. Have to be, it has to be fully visible. Okay. So you don't need a license for that? Nope. Technically? Nope. Okay. Just because I don't know what open carry yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. No, open <laughs> carry is you, you have it exposed. You can have it on your person. Excuse me. Um. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, but even in a situation like, say there is an active shooter or yeah. a situation, who the hell you think they're going to go after first? You, because you got a gun. Because you got it. You're the yeah. biggest threat yeah. that I visibly see. Yeah. Don't do it. It's just not smart. You know, and then it's just like, it's just like a lot of posturing with it. And it's like, it shouldn't be that. You know, I want you to be able to defend yourself, protect yourself. And that is more than just having a firearm. Go go take a jujitsu class. Go take a wrestling class. Go get punched in the face. Mm-hmm. Okay, because here's the thing that I tell everybody: you have to practice a controlled level of violence in your life to be ready for it. Mm-hmm. We've all seen someone who have who has never been punched in the face before, right? It's me. Okay, 
But you've seen somebody get punched in the face that, and their body doesn't know how to respond. Yeah. But then you, on the flip, you've seen that person who grew up with a bunch of brothers and sisters and cousins, and all they did was fight and wrestle. And as soon as they got hit, they're they ready just, to go. They're ready. <laughs> yeah. They adapted. I have nightmares all the time that I have jelly arms when I'm trying you know, to defend myself. So go yeah. listen. Go get in a class. Yeah. Go take a Muay Thai class. It's perfect. Yeah. You know, it's great exercise, but then it's a matter of knowing how to throw punches, knowing how to use your knees, your feet, all that stuff. Yeah. Have a control level of violence in your life because then when it happens, you at least know how to respond because our bodies are trained to do three things, fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah. Most people do the other two, flight or freeze. I freeze. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because your body, what the hell? You know what I mean? Yeah. Do those things. We have to put ourselves in those in those spaces to get better and to be better prepared. Right. So. So they can do that by with guns specifically by going to your class, but you've mm-hmm. probably got lots of partners that you can recommend. I do, and I can. I, I have like a little sheet of where you can go, and like I said, I plan on bringing in some some seminars and some some specialty club classes and courses because I mean it's it's about continuing education. Shooting is a diminishable skill. Yeah. Okay. If I don't practice. I lose it. Yeah. I'm going later on today. Yeah. You know, I got to stay on my game. Yeah. We have to do that, you know? And then there's so many, every year there's 3,000 accidental deaths. Jeez. And and that's across the board. Yeah. That's police. That's, yeah. Okay. Every year, at least, that result in death or great or injury. Because people, lot. it's poor handling. Because no one's training. No one's making it part of their thing. And they should. If you care about defending yourself, protecting your loved ones, get out and train. Go get punched in the face. Yeah, and if you're not going to do that stuff, don't buy a gun. Don't buy a gun. But we need people who are responsible gun owners to, first of all, keep the military in check. That's the whole reason we have the Second Amendment. That is a well-regulated militia. Because if you start looking at other countries who don't have the gun rights, they get ran over. Yeah. I mean, the reason that law that exists, I don't know if you know this, but the Second Amendment is in case of military takeover. Absolutely. You need to be able to protect yourself. Yeah. Now, does everyone need a cannon? No, that's outdated technology. <laughs> but right. there, it's important that some people have guns in order to protect us. But if you're not going to do it responsibly, don't do it. Right. Here's the kicker. A lot of people are screaming, we need to ban this, ban that, da, da, da. We've been sending guns to Ukraine. Mm-hmm. Okay. We sent them $40 billion, right? We could have used that in our schools. Mm-hmm. You know, now I'm all for helping people, but I'm about helping us first. Mm-hmm. You know, and with my own money. Thank with, you very I, much. It's my money. <laughs> yeah. Let's take care of us. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we, we can't make this push for electric cars on our road is shit. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Priorities all out of whack. It's the people. It's the person. It's not the tool. Because they're going to find a way. But go get trained. Go get educated. You know what I'm saying? And even during the pandemic, there's a lot of people who was like, oh, shit. Yeah. I need to go get a gun. Mm -hmm. I need to go do this. I need to do that. And that's happening right now, too. Part of the problem with the media and the way they explode things is... You think you're doing something great by telling people that they should ban guns. What it's really doing is taking the people who were 
gun curious and a little bit felt like they needed Mm -hmm. one and putting a timeline on them to get one right now. Yeah. Because people are really scared of that right being taken away. Absolutely. And it's one of those things that those people won't say out loud. It's just like people who voted for Donald Trump. There's a lot of them and they're not going to say that they did it. No. Because they don't want to be evil in the media. But you can do a lot of things responsibly. Everything can be done responsibly. Yeah. And I mean, and then I think honestly... You know, I just think that these politicians are hypocrites. Mm-hmm. Like, you don't want me to protect me and mine, but you're protected because I pay for it. Right. And they don't need to they don't need to have a concealed carry because they have other people who have yeah. it for them. So they're not thinking about the fact that like they don't even think about the fact that there are people with guns protecting them when they have those ideas. Yeah. Nor do they care. They're just saying what they think you want to hear. Yeah, they don't care. Mm-mm. And no one no one cares. They don't really care at all on anything. Yeah, because they're not a part of your world. They're in a different world. Even the celebrities. Like, I don't yeah. want to hear... Uh, listen, I don't care about what celebrity ABCD has to say on this matter when, you, when you're living in a gated community protected by somebody with a gun and then when you do go somewhere, no one can get even four feet within distance of you because you got security guards with all types of everything saying, get back. Like, nah, man, I don't want to hear that shit from y'all. Yeah. Because y'all don't, we don't share the same reality. We're not in the same world. At all. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's just like, we got to be real about it. And the thing is, is that we have never lived in this utopia that was just perfect harmony. We've never lived in that. No. Like, where where are you getting this from? And it's where be, is it? It's white privilege is what it is, honestly. I, you know, I think, I, I can't just say it's totally white privilege because it's, it goes across the board yeah. where... All cultures is like, oh, well, you don't need this and you don't need that. And we should be. The reality is, is that since the beginning of time, there you can't have light without dark. Mm-hmm. You can't have good without evil. It's a balance. Mm-hmm. You have to. That, that's just how the universe is wired. Do we want more good than bad? Yes. But if you are the person with the intentions of doing good, you can be the person who stops the bad. Yeah. A great book that people can read is uh, When Violence is the Answer. Okay. Okay. And the guy writes this book and he sets it up. uh, He sets it up like this. Say that you're in the kitchen, Mm -hmm. cooking dinner, doing whatever. A guy breaks in, sees you, takes the kitchen knife, kills you. Right? Mm -hmm. Bad thing. Very bad. Replay the scenario. Guy comes in the kitchen, breaks in, attacks you. You grab the same knife, stop him. Yeah. You did a good thing. Right. Same tool, two different instances. Mm-hmm. Sometimes violence is an option. Yeah. Violence is an answer if used correctly. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that we have to, we have to be real about the world we live in. Yeah. You know? People, people, kids are getting kidnapped. People get, kids are getting raped. Folks are getting, men and women getting kidnapped and raped and sex trafficked. All this stuff. Yeah. This is the world we live in. It's not pretty. Yeah. But we have to be the ones to provide the, the light. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that means Doing really hard up, things. Doing really hard things. And I don't think that banning guns is an answer. Yeah. Because, like you said, if you ban it, People are going to rush to go get it. Mm-hmm. Then they're not going to get the training. They're not going to make that investment to be empowered and educated and do it the right way. And then the last time that we banned something, 
what happened? We banned alcohol for yeah. a period, right? And the underground made more money than any other time. And it because was extremely we, unsafe. And they still it was extremely unsafe. Okay? We'll turn around and ban guns and then terrorist sale groups are going to be coming in with guns, selling them on the black market because when somebody breaks in your door to do you harm, you don't give a damn about a law or the police because they're not there. Mm-hmm. Now we're funding other organized crime elements. And that's what happened in other countries, by the way. That's what <laughs> happened in other countries. Yeah. You know, do we do we have a violence problem in our country? Yes. Mm-hmm. But we can't just say, oh, and, and the thing that I tell people, and you know, you can hear it anywhere. You take the word gun control. Yeah. Remove the word gun. Yeah. Nobody likes that. Nobody likes that. Control. Mm-hmm. Even in Australia, they had it. Their COVID lockdown stuff. If, if we all lived in the house together, only one of us could go to the store. The whole time? The whole time. Even now, I think. Yeah, that's insane. You know? Governments don't have our best interest in mind. Yeah. They have their best interests in mind. Mm-hmm. You know? And it's just... People have to get real with that. Damn your party affiliation and all that. Like, get real and look at things for what they are. Yeah. And be honest. And and sometimes it hurts to be honest and look at things and see the truth. Yeah. And and the greatest way you can make an impact is by doing small things like yeah. this. Like being a responsible advocate for gun ownership, mm-hmm. starting an organization like yours. Absolutely. Um what are other than taking a class? Are there any ways that people can support um, Freedom Elevated? Yeah, um, they can, I have gift cu- gift cards available if they okay. want to gift a class to or somebody. they could host a class. They right? could host a class. We do private classes. Um, those are available. One on one times are available. Um, if they want to s- sponsor like a free seminar or something, I'm more than open to doing that because I just I want to empower people. I've had people come in that were victims of domestic violence. Yeah. Uh, abused all types of ways and they want to protect themselves because they don't want to feel like they're just powerless. Yeah. You know, and I just really want to change that narrative. I want people to not fear for their life when they see me with a firearm. Yeah. You know, I don't want that to automatically be associated with something negative. Exactly. You know, and I don't want people to start blaming a tool <laughs> when the person is bad. Right. You know what I mean? So I do, it's it's a lot of work to be done. Yeah. Um, and if you're a gun advocate and an avid gun lover or yeah. not even lover, just user and see yeah. the value in it, supporting an organization like yours is an active way for people to make a good difference yeah. in the community. So hosting a class with you and inviting people mm-hmm. that you don't know how to explain why you think guns are useful, Absolutely. right? Let someone else do it for you. Mm-hmm. And in the meantime, support a small business in Grand Rapids. Perfect. Like it's a perfect solution for someone who's frustrated about all of this banning guns talk mm-hmm. to take action. Right. So Because the worst thing that you could do is somebody buy a firearm or find a firearm and not know how to work it. Yeah. And then you hurt yourself or somebody that you didn't intend to. Mm-hmm. Come take a basic class. Come, I mean, it's two and a half hours. Like, yeah. you, you know, and, and, and trust me, it's not death by PowerPoint. Yeah. Because I wouldn't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't stand up for that time and be like, <laughs> no. like, nah, hell no, nah, man. You know what I mean? But we have to be real about the world we live in. 
Yeah. You know, and, and being prepared and being empowered and being educated, like that's the way that we make our community safer. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like the whole saying it takes a village, like we got to get back to being a village and taking care of our own and making sure that people are safe. Yeah. And use the resources that are available to you. Use the right? resources that are available. So Comp has done all this work. All you have to do is call them. How do they contact you? You can find me at www.freedomelevated.net. I'm on the worldwide, the internet. The internet. Yep. Uh, social media, uh, Freedom Elevated on Facebook and Instagram, but also my other handle, DJ yeah. Composition. I'm, I'm. You can reach me in all of these manners. Yeah. I, I'm a man of many He also hats. is a great DJ, so if you're looking for someone. I do that too, yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Thank Less you. political, but if you want to just yeah. give him money, please do that. Yeah, and, and, and here's my thing. And people's like, well, those are two like extreme things or whatever. And this is my approach. I play music to make people happy. Mm-hmm. I teach firearm safety to make them feel safe. Yeah. And when we start talking about that hierarchy of needs and whatever, They're about being same. safe and being happy, they kind of go hand in hand. So like, that's where I kind of get those things from. Yeah. You know? And you're allowed to have more than one passion. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> so, definitely. thank you. Thank this you has for been having really me. great, and no. I'm excited for people to get to know you. Yep. Um, if you have questions, he's an open book. So Absolutely. reach out either on his page or the Freedom Elevated page, mm-hmm. and we'll tag everything in the notes. Perfect. Um, yeah. So no, thank you for, for having me. Yeah, no problem. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure you like and subscribe and all of that jazz because. We would like to start making money from this. So (laughs) leave a comment if you learned anything and we'll see you next time. Have a good day.